Hello, Rock Family online community. That's probably who's tuning in. Or for those of you that couldn't make it to this week's service, or you can't make it to next week's service, you, you join us on our online community. And I want to say hello. My name is Ricky. I'm one of the pastors of the Rock Church. And uh, normally at this point, you would be watching the sermon that happened at the at Sunday on the weekend at one of our campuses, our main campus, with our senior pastor Miles McPherson. But unfortunately, we're in the middle of a series called At the Movies. The beauty of this series is it's a great opportunity for you to invite your friends to church. It's at every one of our campuses. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's something you don't want to miss. The, the problem is we can't show it to you online because, of, uh, because of the, we're showing clips from a movie that we don't own the rights to. So as a result, I'm going to share just a few minutes of a devotional with you that hopefully will encourage you and bless you. And I, but I do want to challenge you. Get to one of our campuses if it is all possible. We have five locations. We're spread out all throughout San Diego. And I just encourage you to go online and find the nearest campus to you and get your family and your friends and come out to our out at the movie series. You'll be blessed. Every week, by the way, is a different movie, and it's a surprise. We don't let you know until you get there, and, and it will really encourage you. I, I want to tell you, here's a thought about discipleship. As Pastor Miles in one of our movies, he, he brings the, the angle from this movie of discipleship uh, into light. And discipleship is something very interesting. And, and if you're not part of discipleship or you're not actively being discipled, you maybe don't even understand what that term means. I want to break it down for you. Okay. When you, when you do what Romans 10 9 tells us to do, for those of us that have realized and recognized that we're sinners, and the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, and, and all is all. That's everyone. It's if you're hearing my voice, you qualify as all. Uh, you've sinned and you've fallen short of the glory of God. There's, there's a, a chasm, a separation between you and God. And, and then Romans 10, 9 says how you, how you correct that is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you're saved. And, and that salvation means that you've now stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit lives in you at that point. And you begin your journey as, as a believer, as a follower. I want to tell you, though, there's more to it than just that in the respect of how you grow and you walk with the Lord and you get close to the Lord. The initial asking the Lord to be your, your, your Savior and confessing and repenting and, and believing, those things are all essential to start the relationship. But in any relationship, if you have a starting place and the relationship remains there, then there's no intimacy or growth. If The only time I talk to my wife is at our wedding day and it was in front of all of our friends and family and the pastor. And I said, I do. And I told her, I love you. And then I start a relationship as her husband. And the next day I get on a plane and I move to a different state. Then we're not going to have a really good relationship as it is in your relationship with the Lord. If you start a relationship with the Lord, you've got to maintain and grow in that. And that's what we call discipleship. You know, the Bible is really clear in Galatians. Uh, it says that we should carry each other's burdens. It says your, your troubles and your struggles, they're not just for you. They're actually to be shared amongst the family. That's part of what this whole discipleship thing is about. We, we challenge each other. We push each other. We encourage each other. We keep each other accountable. We, when we're tired, we, we give each other rest, and we take on the responsibility of caring for each other. And that's, that's the heart of Jesus' plan for discipleship. Actually, his plan for discipleship is, is basically he walked with people, he loved people, he communicated, he taught with people, and he modeled for them. So not only did he say what he was saying, but he did what he said he was going to do. And you know what? Discipleship is not this churchy word that means Bible study. 
unfortunately, I know it's been kind of manipulated or even tweaked, and, and it seems as though discipleship is some big thing. I have to be trained to go disciple somebody, and it's really just doing life together. I, I love in Romans chapter 12, and by the way, Romans 12 is a great chapter to read if you have some spare time today, and it's really about how you should interact with everybody, not just your fellow believers, but everybody. This is how we should live. And in Romans 12, uh, we read this says, Do not can be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and the whole concept of that is, you know, we have these three enemies coming against us. We have our brokenness. That's what we call flesh, a fancy word we call flesh. And everybody's born a sinner. That's our flesh. And then we have the world, and that's things that are not of God. Anything that's not of the Lord is the world. So anything that's opposing God, anything that's against God, anything that is directly offensive to God is the world. And then we have the dark, the darker end of things, and that's the demons and Satan and his mighty band of thieves that are out there trying to rob you, actually trying to steal and destroy you. Okay? Those, those are all against us, right? And so if you think about it and you're coming against a man on man, just you and a fight with somebody else, potentially you'll do okay. But if there's three against one, your, your chances are, are pretty slim that you're going to win that fight. So that's the, the church is set up. Discipleship is that fancy word, which means that you're, you, you got, it's stacked against you. The odds are stacked against you. They're not in your favor. So let's get together as a family and start doing this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind means you have to get around people that believe the Bible and understand who God is and listen to the Holy Spirit. There's a old saying my youth pastor used to say, if, you, if I put a white glove on and I put my hand in a mud puddle and I move my hand around in that mud puddle, the mud puddle doesn't get glovey. That's right. The glove gets muddy. Yeah, it's one of those cheesy pastor jokes that... Uh, you know, you just just laugh just to make me feel better. Uh, but the, the the concept is is truth, right? So don't be transformed or don't be uh, don't be conformed by the world and all the influences that are not of God. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get renewed mind? You hang around people that have renewed mind. You hang around people that are after the same thing. That's discipleship, and the Holy Spirit through the church, through the church will be, begin to illuminate and be the light. And that's, that's why the church is told to be the light of the world. I, I want to say, read what else it says. It says, it says for this, uh, it says, By the grace given to me, I, am, uh, I say to everyone among you that <clears throat> do not think of yourself more highly than you should, uh, but think of yourself in sober judgment, and each according to how they've been gifted should serve the assignment God in which God has given them. So, encourage you in this. Discipleship is really saying, uh, I'm not super Christian going out to save the world, or I'm not really so strong I can just, I can handle all, all, all my life by myself. It's saying this, like, I'm going to use what God's given me, the gifts he's given me, to enhance, encourage, and uplift the brother or sister that's next to me. And, and the assignment God gave me is not just for me. I'm going to bring people along with this assignment. It's very unique to you, but it's also an assignment for the church. And I want to encourage you today. If you're hearing this and you have yet to have somebody in your life that can speak truth in your life, that can use their giftings, their assignment, their calling to really help you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, if you don't have that person, it's time today to get that person. Are those persons? It's a family or maybe it's another couple or if you're single and, and, and maybe it's, it's someone in your exact same life position and, and all these folks that you're surrounding yourself with, have done what Romans 10, 9 says. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in their heart, God raised them for the dead. And they're saved. 
and now they're just trying to be different or transformed by the renewing of their mind and we do this together i want to encourage you do it together do life together with the church be the church family this is this is what the rock church is all about saving getting people saved and then equipping them and this is how we equip them get them in small groups life groups is what we call them right and and if you're not in one of those by the way that's a good place to start and then we put you through life class which is just literally just giving you information about the church and about who you are and helping you to find your unique structure and create and how you were created and then getting you serving in some capacity okay discipleship is going to help you with that road let me do this i'm gonna pray for you and then again i'm gonna encourage you find a campus Get to that campus and be blessed and be part of this thing that we call Capital C Church that's, that's dictated to us in Scripture. We are, the church is the light of the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, our world is dark and getting darker. So come jump in, in, into the light. Be part of this thing that, that we call the church. And more specifically, I invite you to be part of the Rock Church. Okay, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every single soul that's on the other end of this camera right now, whether they're in, in some far-off place doing work in, in, uh, for the government or defending our country, in, in which case, bless them, keep them safe, God. Or maybe they're right here in San Diego and they're right down the street from one of our campuses and, and they just don't understand the concept of church, that they are part of the, of the puzzle. They're one piece in the puzzle. I pray right now, Lord, that you would give them passion and desire to jump in, be part of that, that, that big thing that we call the church and they would find their unique calling and gifting and they discover accountability and fellowship and, and that they would find discipleship. We, we, just, we, we love what, what you've designed as the church and we are excited to be part of it. And we bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, family, God bless you. The most important aspect of walking with God is being like a dinosaur. More specifically, a raptor. James 3.7 says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. It's amazing how we can train animals to jump, eat, speak, juggle, do tricks on command, but we cannot train ourselves to think right, talk right, act right, and live right. As you watch this movie, I want you to put yourself in the place of the raptors and ask yourself, do you have someone training you to follow God? How big of an obstacle is your training preparing you to overcome? And will your training sustain you through even your own mistakes? And if you have strayed away from God, are you willing to accept his forgiveness and come back to him? Enjoy the movie. Go Raptors. When I finally committed my life to the Lord, for real, I was so inquisitive about the Bible and Christianity that I was asking all my Christian teammates questions about the Bible, right and wrong behavior with my money, my girlfriend, music, and just how to live right. Then one day, one of my teammates, who was tired of me asking him all these questions, pulled me aside and said, you need someone to disciple you. I said, huh? He said, you need someone to meet with you on a regular basis and teach you all this stuff you keep asking us about. And even though I had coaches all through my life, I never thought of someone being my God coach. And since he brought it up, I asked him to do it. He looked at me and said no, but then he suggested a guy named Sherman who eventually said yes. And the entire season or four months, he and two other guys spent three hours together every Tuesday, which was our day off. I watched him every day at work 
and the training I received through that relationship set a foundation that my life still stands on. You need someone who's going to disciple you, someone who's going to train you, a role model how to walk with God. You need to find someone who's going to hold you accountable to the things you say you believe, to the lifestyle you say you want to live, someone you can trust to challenge you to be faithful to the things of God. After all, Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. My brother was a professional boxer, and he would tell me all these stories about guys coming to the gym, talking trash about how bad they were. They spent a few weeks getting in shape, hitting the heavy bag, hitting the speed bag, learning how to jump rope, doing their cardio. The whole time they're watching themselves in the mirror, admiring how cool they look covered in sweat. But sooner or later, they had to get into the ring with someone whose whole intent was to punch the other guy in the face. And so many guys, after they get punched in the face and realize that the other guy had really bad intentions for their physical well-being, they never came back. It wasn't until then that they realized that boxing, even though it was a sport, was about fighting. Probably one of the biggest misconceptions about Christian discipleship is that it's about learning Bible information, when in fact it's about being trained to fight in a spiritual battle. Every single one of us is in a spiritual battle, and not with people, but with a spiritual force much stronger than we are, the devil and his demons. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. We must realize that our spiritual enemy is very powerful and well-trained in deception, destruction, and death. We must take our training and the spiritual battle we are in very seriously because our enemy is out for blood. If I showed you two tea bags that had no labels and asked you what kind of tea they were, you wouldn't be able to tell me unless I put them in hot water. You really don't know what kind of Christian or disciple you are until you get put in hot water, until you get challenged or you're in the heat of the battle. It's inevitable that you're going to have areas in your life that are going to be in complete contradiction to how you've been trained and how you've been trying to live. This was the first time the Raptors had contact with the Raptor outside their own group, and right away they turned against their teacher, their God coach. You and I encounter bad influences on a daily basis, and only we can measure its influence on our lives. Think about what you do when no one's looking. What goes on in your head and places you don't think anyone can see or hear? Ask yourself, do you have an error in your life that is in conflict with what you've been taught? Unfortunately, at some point, you will find yourself turning your back on your God coach, the very person that has invested into your life, the principles you laid your life down for, and you will find yourself doing exactly what you know you shouldn't be doing, hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with, talking like people you shouldn't be talking like. And when that happens, you need to know that God unconditionally loves you and will never turn his back on you. However, his unconditional love does not mean unconditional approval. It breaks his heart, and he's waiting for you to come home. You must always remember that even though we will lose some battles, we always, in the end, win the war. 
What's very important to remember is that the spiritual battle we're being trained to fight is not one we do alone. When we give our life to Christ, we join his army and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And even though the devil is stronger than us, he who is in us, Jesus, is greater than he who is in the world, the devil. If you would like to be in a discipleship group where you can be trained to walk with God, I want to encourage you to join one of our small groups. It's the best way for you to be involved in relationships that can hold you accountable to growing your faith. Having loving people in your life will provide a strong foundation upon which you can stand even when you make mistakes. Our life class is the best way for you to understand how God designed you and how to discover his calling on your life. It will help you identify the most fulfilling place for you to serve according to your gifts. But if you realize you need to take the first step and ask Jesus to be your savior, this is the best time to do it and it's as easy as A, B, C. First A, admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means all, everybody. Second is B, believe. Believe that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. And finally, see, confess. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness before it's too late and before you cause any more pain or suffer anymore. Make a decision to give your life to Christ. Give God a chance to restore what you think is impossible and establish a new start in your life. If you believe those things, that you're a sinner, that Jesus is Lord, that he died and rose from the dead for your sin, and you would like to ask him to be your savior, I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and repeat after me. Right now, bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're sitting. I want you to pray this prayer by faith in your heart, believing that God is listening and that God loves you. And all the campuses, close your eyes online, close your eyes and bow your head. And if you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, pray this prayer with me in your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died and rose from the dead for my sin. I confess Jesus as my Savior. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to count to three. And no matter where you are in whatever campus you're in, or even if you're at home, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. And by standing, you are publicly declaring that you are giving your life to Christ. And you are saying, I want to start my life all over again. There's going to be somebody there in all our campuses to pray for you. So I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.